May the words that flow from my mouth make sense because they are inspired by your Holy Spirit. Amen. I lose things all the time. I regularly can't find my keys or my wallet. I forget where I put things and often I find them long after the need for them has passed. When I was younger, I had this terrible habit of losing tracksuit pants. I used to leave them behind after swimming squad or a soccer match. In my late teens and 20s, I developed a habit for losing expensive sunglasses. And my wife regularly tells me that one of my most challenging qualities is the regularity at which I lose my memory. For me, the word lost has always had a sense of the superficial. It's not that important. And a sense of the temporal. It'll turn up eventually. If not, it probably wasn't that important anyway. I don't think I've ever really been lost. Even from a spiritual point of view in which today's parable is most regularly interpreted. I grew up in church. My dad went to train as a minister when I was eight years old. And about the most rebellious thing I did as a teenager was to tell my parents I didn't want to go to church. And as a compromise, I taught Sunday school instead. I've had many moments of disconnection to God where I felt far away or God didn't seem close. But I would never have described myself as lost. I never really thought this parable had much to do with me, apart from the obvious. Jesus really wants us to focus on those people who are really lost. And I should be part of the search party that tries to bring them into a relationship with Jesus. I was umming and ahhing about preaching on this parable today. And I picked up this old prayer book. that my first uh, spiritual director gave me when I was ordained a priest. I decided to use it on Wednesday to say the 1662 version of the morning prayer in place of the 1662 communion service that we normally have in our church on a Wednesday morning. As I was wrestling with the Old English, one word jumped out. It was only there three times. It was the word sheep. Each time I read the word, something within me flinched. As I looked at my prayer book, wondering what I'd say today, I remembered the original owner of this book asking me, Stuart, when was the last time you failed, really failed? I gave him an example of failing a uni exam. And he laughed and he said, no, I mean really failed. At that point, I'd lived a pretty charmed life and I had to admit to him I hadn't ever really failed. He responded that it wasn't until you really fail that you could understand the depth of power in God's grace and God's forgiveness. Then it hit me why I needed to preach on this parable. 
my real failure this week has been not to realise how lost I really was. I don't think I had ever felt so lost as I have this week. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's felt like this. But my job is to bring hope and comfort. But I've never felt so hopeless and helpless. Nothing I could do could make any of this go away or make any of it better. I had no words to bring comfort. I had no actions that could be effective. I had no solutions that seemed to make any scrap of impact or difference. I felt like I had nothing. I have no idea what this church or the church will look look like after this. But God has gently reminded me, it's not until you've been really lost that you can know the depth of power in being found. The parable of the lost sheep also appears in Luke's gospel. And while Luke's emphasis is on the lost sheep, Matthew has more of an emphasis on the process and the priority of finding the sheep. Matthew's main concern in this passage and in so many other places in his gospel seems to be establishing authentic Christian community. There's a striking absurdity in this parable that's easily overlooked. Matthew writes, What do you think? If a shepherd had a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountain and go in search of the one that went astray? Because this is such a well-known parable, it's easy to just automatically agree with Jesus' proposal. Sure, that sounds reasonable. Leave 99 sheep to find one. But is it really reasonable? Putting on my accountant's hat for a moment, That's a 99% risk for a possible 1% return. And if you can't find the one, you risk losing everything. Would, Would you really do that in today's economy? There are things in life that can cause us to lose parts of ourselves. We can lose hope, peace, relationships, faith in God, faith in ourselves or others. We can lose trust and we can lose passion. These things aren't just a part of ourselves. They are like little pieces of Christ within us. We don't have to be an unrepentant sinner to be lost. It can make us feel warm and fuzzy that Jesus seeks out the last, the least and the lost. It's a little bit more challenging when we realise that we're called to be part of seeking out the lost. But it's almost too hard to accept that Jesus might still be seeking out us as well. What do we do with those areas of our lives that are lost? I believe that although some people have conversion or salvation stories that can be traced back to a particular time and place, Salvation remains an ongoing journey throughout our lives. Not only will Jesus rejoice when a person who has wandered away comes completely back, 
Jesus will also rejoice when an area of our lives that has previously been a personal struggle, that has been marred by sin, that has effectively been lost, is redeemed, corrected, forgiven, or restored. I realized because of what's been going on around us, I was in danger of losing and had actually lost some of those little pieces of Christ within me. I had in the very least lost my ability to recognize those Christ-like qualities coming through my words and actions. I hadn't sinned in the normal sense of the word, but there was a definite part of me that needed to be found. Authentic Christian community is hard to come by and hard work in the best of times. Christian communities are amazing things. We are a combined reflection of God's love and Christ's qualities because they are revealed by each other to each other. When a Christian community demonstrates their foundness, when we identify the Christ-like qualities in each other, when we each commit to identifying what is lost in us so that it may be found and restored, we can experience and then share in the joy in being found. There is so much that seems lost at the moment, but we are a found people and we are called to be finders of the lost. We have an amazing opportunity to ensure that what emerges from this chaos and confusion is holy and godly. But to do this, we first must allow ourselves to be found in Christ, to experience the hope that we can only find in and through him, and then be militant in any way and every way we know to make that hope contagious. There will always be a critical role for me and every single follower of Jesus in the church. The church may very well never look the same after this. I pray that it looks much more like Christ than it ever has before. St. Paul says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. My prayer is that through our foundness, the Holy Spirit might reshape the church into the authentic Christian community we have always called to be, bearers of hope in the darkness and a refuge to all who are lost to be found. I'm not all the way there yet, but I thank God it's almost Easter. I'd invite you to join me in the journey through Holy Week from the table to the cross and to the empty tomb. If you are feeling in any way lost at the moment, let's discover together our new hope in the resurrected Christ. Amen.